is essentially your actions and reactions towards money and as well as money related issues. Like a lot of it comes from your personal experience. Like I mentioned myself, it was from how I grew up and how that impacted my life as well as the life of those around me. And I feel like also the money mindset of those from underserved communities, like the black and brown communities are very much different than those of our white counterparts. building for Latinas. I am your host, Lucy King, Latina money, business coach, speaker, and first-gen investor on a mission to teach Latinas how to stop overworking and learn their money story and start building wealth. You are listening to episode 10 with Patricia Diaz. Patricia is the founder of Latinos Empower, an online community designed to help Latinx and first gen with information on career and finance. Hello, Patricia. How are you? I'm doing well. How are you, Lucy? I'm so excited to have you here. Welcome to the podcast. I am actually so excited to be here and meet you for the first time as well. Fantastic. So for those mujeres out there that are not familiar with who you are and the work that you do, go ahead and tell us a little about yourself, please. Sure. So my name is Patricia Diaz. I'm the founder of Latinos Empower, which is a community um, that helps people find their power and change their narrative. Um, the platform really empowers Latinx with information, most of it, which is my personal experience as I navigated my career, finances, advocating for myself as well. Um, professionally, I have a master's in finance as well as a bachelor degrees in both finance and economics. And until recently, I was a vice president at an investment bank in their finance department. And I say until recently, because today I actually announced that I quit my job after nine years. Oh, wow. Well, thank you for trusting Say Hola Well podcast to share the news. Um, how do you feel about that? Now I'm going to be chismosa. <laughs> <laughs> no, no worries. I feel like it was a long time coming. Um, and I can touch on a little bit about that as well, because I feel like it has a lot of intricacies with limited money belief, money mindset, things like that. Um, it was very overwhelming, specifically as I tried to also take into account like the guilt of being a child of immigrants, you know, seeing my parents' sacrifices, all those things. And then also being in this situation where I was leaving a stable quote unquote job or a good job in most people's eyes, um, just because I was, it was also taking a toll on my uh, mental health. So as the great resignation goes, I feel like a lot of people are leaving their, um, their jobs because of that. And I feel like it also helped me um, take that decision myself. Yeah, absolutely. And I think when it comes down to doing what you love, you definitely have to prioritize your mental health. And so yeah. let's, let's dive into some of the things that you talked about just now, um, the guilt of having to change your career path. So I want to yeah. start by asking you, how did you grow up? Yeah, of course. So my family moved to the U.S. 
when I was nine years old from Peru. And like most immigrants, um, my parents had low income jobs, whether that be being janitors, dishwashers, cooks, and they would actually hold two to three jobs each. So even though my parents sacrificed a lot to ensure we had what we needed, um, money was tight growing up. At the same time, I feel like we moved to a location that was predominantly white and which was considered also a wealthy location or wealthy neighborhood um, due to our extended family living there. So while we were surrounded by people who could afford to go on vacation with the families, afford the most expensive toys or clothes, et cetera, we were not able to afford the same luxuries as them. And that economic disparity between us and our neighbors was definitely not lost in me and actually had a huge impact uh, into what I ended up going to school for. Like, I feel like I became intrigued about how money played a part in people's lives and wanted to investigate that further. Thank you for touching on that, Patricia, because I'm 100% a believer that curiosity can get people to the next level, right? In your case, you were curious about what are these people doing that my parents are not doing? So along the way on your journey, you probably had to unlearn some money beliefs. Am I yeah. correct by saying that? Of course. <laughs> I think everybody has some money beliefs that they have to unlearn, um, whether they're based, uh, face-to-face with it or didn't or maybe stumbled upon it um, one way or another. But I feel like a lot of the money beliefs and money limiting beliefs I had was just related to how I grew up and also the experience my parents had. So one of them was, for example, I have to work just as hard as my parents or maybe just as long as them to really earn my money. And we were in different, very complete and very different circumstances. Like the challenges my parents went through to provide for us growing up do not go unnoticed whatsoever. But the sacrifices that they made were their choice and not of my own doing or maybe my fault. And while I may face my own challenges, they're also not comparable to theirs. Like it is not a competition kind of thing, um, nor should I sacrifice or work or my work should set up, set the bar for what they are should tolerate. Wow. I'm like getting goosebumps over here. Just, <laughs> just hearing you talk about these, because in my opinion, I believe that that's, that's how a lot of us, um, you know, daughters of immigrants or immigrants ourselves feel the guilt, right? When we, when yeah. we have seen our parents, sacrifice after sacrifice and then we see them working hard and then eventually you know because we have the privilege to be educated to go to high school to go to college we start feeling the pressure of like I should be working just as hard as they are but the reality is that we have to unlearn that because earning money it's not that hard I mean you're the expert right you're the one that comes from an investment <laughs> firm and so you understand how money works but of course you have to be willing to unlearn those beliefs and I want to say that it's not easy and it's not overnight it's something that you have to slowly 
peel away and slowly transform as you go. So powerful conversation so far. Um, what is one of the biggest money lessons that you had to um, learn in the last three years? I would say it is related to um, my current job change. I had to figure out my own beliefs versus those who were around me because a lot of the questions that I would get would be like, why would you walk away from a stable, high-income job even if it takes a mental toll, toll on you? And what makes you think that it's okay? Like what makes you think that it's okay mm. to put yourself first instead of prioritizing stability in your life? And again, I feel like it is hard to balance like my child of immigrant skills and honoring my parents' sacrifice while paving my own path. And I have to remind myself that the financial circumstance in which I grew up in is very much different than where I am in my current life. And I also made sure I was able to identify my triggers and create affirmations that helped me debunk those uh, beliefs. You know, sitting down, I feel like financially and walking and being able to be like, okay, am I financially okay to walk away from this job? How much did I have in my emergency fund at this time? How much would I need in the future? How many months would that cover? What are my expenses or future expenses that I feel like I'm going to incur? Kind of putting numbers in place is very critical to also debunk all of those beliefs that you are telling yourself. Absolutely. And I know that the busy mujeres that I that I coach, the busy mujeres that are listening to this podcast have limiting beliefs because we all have limiting beliefs, by the way. Yeah. So can you tell us for someone who doesn't maybe see the whole picture of what a limiting belief is, can you tell us like, what are limit, limiting beliefs and how can someone like debunk them using your own words? Yeah. So I feel like money limiting beliefs or another word for it is like money mindset is essentially your actions and reactions towards money and as well as money related issues like a lot of it comes from your personal experience like I mentioned myself it was from how I grew up and how that impacted my life as well as the life of those around me and I feel like also the money mindset of those from underserved communities like the black and brown communities are very much different than those of our white counterparts. Like I come across a lot of money mindset posts that I just don't relate to because it's different struggles that we go through, um, either financially here in the US, but also maybe from our parents and how they grew up back home and the economic situation that they had to endure. Um, but also like, it comes from our lack of access or affordable banking products and being the target market for predatory loans and payday loans. Like all of those things kind of affect us and how we view money and use money in our daily lives. Absolutely. And I think it's also important to reflect on how 
sometimes there are several things that are not in our control, right? Like you just mentioned, like people that are on bank or the loan system that is literally meeting every week to target Latinos um, to do their marketing campaigns, to sell this idea of what is, I guess, also known as the American dream. And it's so important for people to be informed. And it's so important for people to really become aware of how they feel about money, but also their goals. Because as child of immigrants, I feel like owning a home is like everyone's dream dream. (laughs) until you have to understand that owning a house is expensive it's not just a monthly payment that you're going to take you have to have um, money set aside for the for the taxes for the repairs for all of these things so I appreciate you sharing all of this wonderful information and for someone that is struggling with limiting beliefs right now how can they and learn them or what are the things that you're doing because I feel like when we talk about the things that we're doing it's easier for people to relate to us right because I mean my beliefs come almost every day and I have to say not today (laughs) go away (laughs) yeah I feel like what a lot of people think is once you work through all of those you're done and it's like it triggers something in you and you're just on the go to financial wealth and like financial path um but it's like a constant thing that you have to work on. And while yes, it may get better once you identify those beliefs, it does not mean that they're completely gone and you're a completely different person. I feel like starting out with learning about yourself, your money traumas and triggers is what really helped me. Really learning and questioning and doing the work to unravel how that how money impacted me um, and continues to impact me. I feel like that's the only way you can actually remove those beliefs, whether I like journal um, here and there or like sometimes something will trigger me and I will like quickly get out my my phone to write it on my notepad. Like, okay, this is something that I actually have experienced before. Actually, this is completely new. I have never really unraveled what this meant that way if you are not in a place where you can like sit down and journal (laughs) and you can do so at a later time but then I think also something that helps me is level setting myself I always have to constantly remind myself and differentiate between where I was financially where I am now and where I want to be in the future do those limiting beliefs like align with any of that and if it doesn't then I know it's a belief that I just received from past trauma yeah yeah because we were given so many (laughs) limiting beliefs by age seven right and so sometimes that way we think we feel or the way we have this belief system it's necessary, not the way we feel, but things that we learn, right? One of my limiting beliefs was that I wasn't worthy of money. And I, I never understood how that kept me from being underpaid for almost two decades. And it wasn't until I did the work, you know, same thing that you're doing. I, I use my notes um, because sometimes I will be driving and I get that belief, right? That comes and it's like, hello, how you been? Have you missed me? And it comes and it wants to take over my mind and I have to stop, breathe and say, 
I'm going to write down this belief and then I'm going to go back home and start doing what I call the T-test analysis of like, what's the opposite of my belief, right? Like if I feel that I shouldn't be um, asking for more money, whose who's belief is that and what's the opposite and what are the things that I can do? And also for the mujeres that are struggling with the mindset or the limiting beliefs, I recommend that they do these almost like drawing three circles to identify like whose belief is that, right? Like, is it my parents? Is it mine? Is it society? Um, capitalism, right? Because there's so many beliefs that we just, I mean, if beliefs were on, beliefs are on sale all the time. I always like to say that because, <laughs> you know, there's so much information out there. So I want to come back to some things that you said about, you know, your parents working long hours and even working two to three jobs, right? How, how easy or how hard has it been for you to identify that that's not something that you have to do anymore? I feel like it just comes with what I'm fighting against. So for example, one of the things for me was challenging, trying to figure out why I wasn't allowing myself rest, why I couldn't take advantage or maybe, and it came about from like, why can't I take advantage of something that my parents did not have? so it's like it was something that I was fighting against and I knew it was coming from the opposite which was seeing them not being able to take rest or take time off from work um because they also have various jobs to to juggle um but they also could not afford it because of our economic condition so I feel like a lot of what you are fighting against um, is, is then maybe a money, a money limiting belief that you'll have to work through. Um, and that was something that uh, happened to me. Like I acknowledge rest is a privilege and one that my parents did not have. And I have to remind myself that in the situation I had growing up is very much different than where I am now. And while my parents weren't able to rest, you know, deny myself of that would be like not honoring their sacrifices as well as my own. Yeah, that's so powerful. And this is when, you know, um, we're not going to dive into investing, but that's, this is one of the reasons why I love um, teaching about investing, because when you're taking care of yourself, your future self, investing for retirement, you are five steps ahead of literally cutting that belief that we have to overwork and that work so hard for our money because we don't. And yes, it's going to feel uncomfortable when you're resting, right? When you're being productive by resting and your investments are growing and it's going to feel so uncomfortable because nobody else has done it in the past. But I want to just share with the mujeres that are listening right now, the rest is productive and we have to prioritize ourselves and we have to put ourselves first because when we do that, that's when we change generations that are coming after us. Yes, it feels uncomfortable. Yes, we're going to feel the guilt. 
Um, yes, we're going to be um, ashamed for doing something different, right? But we have to understand that our parents' shame is not our shame. And we have to let go of that. And like Patricia is saying, journal about it. Talk about how you're feeling and ask for help ultimately. Yeah, and I feel like also through talking about it, through my page mainly, you know, I touch on a lot of like child of immigrant guilt. Um, I feel like has allowed me to have those conversations with those that impacted my money beliefs as well. One of them being my parents. Sharing that publicly, I feel like has allowed us to have different conversations of what it was like growing up, how that impacted me um, then and also now, but then also what are the, some of the things that we could do together to figure out, you know, how to break those uh, beliefs and how, but also like have like some sort of plan in place that when this comes up or things like that, like we can just work through it together. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I, I started following your page. I want to say, about two years ago or so. And one of the things that attracted me to your page was how you were normalizing the fact that we feel shame. Like it's, it's, I want to say that it's normal. And the more we talk about it, the more people are going to resonate with our message. And I also like on your page, I think you said uh, at some point, it's been a while. I don't know if I'm going to say this exactly how it is. But I remember you talk about like journaling money beliefs from a Latinx perspective or something like that. You might even have a journal about it, I want to say. <laughs> yeah, so I think it all goes back to not being able to relate with uh, the money mindset posts other people were posting. I feel like Latinos have just a very different uh, mindset, which is also very much rooted in our culture and the generational um, either knowledge or cycles or things that we had to endure um, that now very much have been passed down to us, whether it's knowingly or unknowingly. Mm -hmm. um, and one of them could be, for example, I feel like the importance that we put, like you said, whether it be to owning a home or a display of wealth, um, things like that. I feel like that is not uh, anything that I find um, in other people's posts or resonate with, and which is one of the reasons why I created it for myself. Yeah. And and it's so important to also listen to, I want to say, listen to your gut, listen what you're feeling, because I mean, your community has shown so much support, right? Because you're sharing your experience. They're coming to you. They're raising their hand and saying, hey, this happens to me, right? Like I feel that way. And I believe this is why our work is so important because there are so many mujeres out there that feel like they're the only ones in debt, right? Like that they're the only ones that 
feel ashamed for their debt, that they're the only ones that don't have what I call a peace of mind account. I decided not to use emergency fund anymore. <laughs> Because that triggers, I love that, by the way. Yeah, that triggers uh, so much drama for me. So I was like, no, I told my clients, don't save for an emergency because no one should be saving for an emergency. Um, but I want to say that, you know, now you're transitioning into doing something different. I just want to highlight the fact that you talked about the importance of knowing your numbers, understanding your finances, understanding how much money you need to have. And this is why we always talk about saving for your peace of mind. In your case, you're taking a career break um, or transitioning into something new. What would you say to someone that is kind of in between, like maybe they're not fully happy? You know, I'm not saying that that was your case with your job, but someone that is in a job that doesn't really fulfill them and they want to transition into something different. What yeah. fi Financially, what are the things that they need to have in place? Yeah. And to be honest, I was in the same boat and I would say I was not very happy with my job. It wasn't fulfilling. It was very much, I feel like going in a different path than I wanted to go. Um, and as well as it was just taking such a mental toll on me. And I feel like also we, when we go through these challenges, we want to hold on <laughs> to it and try to make it work and sometimes it can't sometimes it is best to walk away but it doesn't mean that you're giving up um so something that I uh, did to help not only figure out my path but also make sure I was doing so financially or thinking about it in a financial way is like I said putting numbers to paper I'm very uh numbers driven person and I feel like sometimes when you're saying I'm going to quit my job you're already thinking I'm going to lose my ex salary or whatever you know and you're and you have that number in your mind whether that be 60,000 90,000 100,000 whatever and that number can be so overwhelming because you're like that is just going to go and it's not it's like you earn that over the year right so how do you in how do you break that down into how much money do I need per month? Um, so what I ended up doing was just sitting down and saying, these are all my expenses. These are the ones that are going to be reoccurring versus ones that are going to pop up. What are, what is, like you said, your, your mind, peace of mind fun. Um, and how much is that going to get me through? How many months do I need to start increasing my saving? Um, something I also did was increase my in my um, percentage that I put into my 401k. I did get a really good company match. And I felt like that was also something that while even though we're in April, um, you know, I wanted to make sure last year I was able to get that plus reach my max. Um, and that was also something that I was just like, it's going to help me in the long run, maybe not help me now financially, but in the long run with retirement, et cetera, it will be a peace of mind in the future. Um, I feel like putting numbers in place just gets rid of that scary thought 
um, and then allows you to take action or create actionable steps for you to be comfortable financially to leave a place, but also have that peace of mind that you need to make that decision because I feel like that decision also is very hard. Um, and even the mental toll that it has on you, just that decision alone um, is a lot of weight to bear. Yeah, absolutely. And then there's more things that come with you leaving the job, right? Like I, I remember when I left my corporate job, I, I didn't have a name tag that identified me as, right? Like I wasn't, I wasn't anymore the general manager or the, the CEO or, you know, all of these titles and going through the process for me, I think was even a bigger toll in like financial, you know, financially, because I had, I had worked so hard to be where I was. And just like you, my parents, like, what do you mean you're leaving? Like yeah. you work, you work there for life. And it's, it's not an easy decision, but it's definitely a decision that sometimes we have to make to prioritize our mental health, which is so important as we are building wealth. Patricia, you're giving us so many gems. I'm just like watching you speak and I feel I feel seen and heard with the things you're sharing. Um, but I want to ask you, what has been one of the biggest investments that you made in yourself? Because I don't think we talk about, you know, a whole lot about the things that yeah. we do to help us to get us ahead. I feel like one of the biggest investments that I made on myself may not be financial, um, which I feel like that's okay as well. Yes. Um, because a lot of the times we think that an investment has to equal a certain amount of money or equate a certain amount of like return. And it doesn't have to be like that. And I feel like the biggest investment is trying to figure out what I want my next step to be and putting time and sit time and also money into trying to figure that out. Yes. And it may not give me a return at this time, but it also is enabling me to ensure that whatever I take on next is just as rewarding as I want it to be just as fulfilling and it may also be different financially than where I was and coming to terms with that is something that I have uh, to also work through and that's okay and just trying new things um, to ensure that the path that I select is the correct path for me like I've read a lot of you know how you're soul searching and you just like read a lot yes. of books to try to get ideas <laughs> on how to soul search or how to figure out what your next step is going to be. And through that, uh, I found a book that was like designing your life. And it talked about a lot of prototyping where it's like, okay, you may not be in that situation fully, but you may be in a allowing yourself to step into that in some way shape or form so one of the things that I uh 
discovered is that I loved that entrepreneurial spirit that people have and the entrepreneurial journey. And maybe I wouldn't, I didn't want to step into that fully myself, but I wanted to help others navigate that. So how do I do that? What is that even, is that even a job? Is that even like, what is the job title? That kind of thing. Yes. And then, (laughs) so from talking to different people, trying to figure out what that meant, you know, I started volunteering as a mentor for small business owners and startup entrepreneurs on the weekends, just to give it a try, see if I would actually like it. Um, see if that was actually something that I would see myself doing long term. Um, so trying to figure out the best, the next best thing um, that is not fully placing myself, uh, you know, doing that or immersing myself and working a full time job that uh, as that. Um, but somehow still getting a little taste uh, to see if I like it. Yeah, absolutely. And I, and I, I applaud you for doing that because I mean, how else are you going to know if you like something if you don't try it, right? And I think that there's so much, um, so much shame with like trying something and failing, right? And I, I celebrate failure because I mean, I've been trying all kinds of things in the last four years. And this is how I know that I, I love coaching because Apparently I was doing coaching when I was, you know, younger. <laughs> mm-hmm. It was, I didn't think about it as coaching, but I, I do enjoy visiting, coaching people. And even now as we're recording the podcast, you're, you're talking to us, you're sharing your experience, you're sharing how you're putting yourself out there. And I'm just like, wow, like how, how lucky am I to have Patricia, like, you know, <laughs> in this podcast talking about her journey and kudos to you for prioritizing you uh, for being curious for wanting to try some things and it's gonna be fine you know yeah and you read you mentioned the book that you read so I want to tell you about a um a book that I read that helped me as I was discovering my new purpose and that's called the the power of reinvention and that book really helped me with being comfortable, not having a name tag that identified me as. And I remember listening to this book in the shower, just like crying because everything, I listened to audiobooks. So everything the author was saying, I was like, that's me, that's me. And I'm just a mess in the shower. But that book was so <laughs> powerful. So I recommend it to anybody that is wanting to go into entrepreneurship, anybody that wants to have a career change, anybody who is an aspiring coach, because I believe that we need more Latina coaches. Like we see so many now, but we need more because there's not enough of us. So before I let you go, I want to ask you a question that I ask all of the guests that come to say Hola Well podcast. And that is, what is your definition of wealth? Going through this journey, I feel like has allowed me to redefine what I believe wealth is. Um, Letting go of something that I thought I was going to be in for many years to come. Um, And that stability that it provided me. I sometimes call it my comfort blanket. 
Um, I would say wealth to me now means being emotionally and mentally okay. And while financially I may be in a space where I'm not as stable as I previously was, or I'm going through uncharted territories, I would say wealth really is prioritizing yourself, um, whether it's your current self or your future self, and uh, how you physically, mentally, and emotionally feel. And if it's not in an environment that makes you feel okay, to be able to walk away from it. Now, obviously, that also has some sort of intricacy with being financially ready to walk away. Mm-hmm. But even if you are not uh, financially ready to walk away, prioritizing your health um, should be one of your priorities. Um, and that is really what wealth is, is being able to put yourself first, um, despite any consequences that you may face in the future. I love that. And I know that your your definition of wealth is going to resonate with so many mujeres, um, especially because we are constantly taught to put ourselves last. And this is why I keep bringing guests that talk about the importance of prioritizing our mental health, prioritizing our physical health, and putting ourselves first. So, Patricia, where can people find you? People can find me on Instagram at Latinos.empower. I am very active on there, continuing to share my thoughts about uh, child of immigrant guilt or even just any tips on career or finance. Um, and it's a community that I feel like has a lot of power and I'm looking forward to also continuing to grow. Perfect. Well, thank you so much for spending time with us. And mujeres, don't forget to follow Patricia. And if you have any questions for her or myself, please feel free to reach out. Thank Thank you, you, Patricia. Mujeres, thank you so much for listening to the podcast. If you find value on this episode, don't forget to share it with your amigas. And don't forget to subscribe whatever you listen to podcasts to be notified when the next episode releases. It would also mean the world to me if you can make time out of your busy mujer schedule to write a review for us on Apple Podcast. Are you spending time on social? So are we. Come say hola to us. You can find us on IG under at Viva La Budget and Finance. And if you are ready to take charge of your finances and your dinero, check out the show notes to get started and apply to work with us. Hasta la próxima, BC